Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Megan Barrett. Megan lives on her mini farm up in Washington State with her husband and three daughters. She's passionate about helping women make progress towards their goals and come up with simple solutions that help them eliminate food and budget-related stressors so that they can get more joy out of life. When she's not in the kitchen cooking up something delicious, you can find Megan enjoying time with her family and goats on her farm. She loves connecting with other women and hearing their stories, so don't hesitate to reach out. In the episode, Megan shares tips for making meal planning and meal prep work for you rather than against you, practical ways to save money on healthy groceries, how to create a budget that still allows you to enjoy indulgences you love, and more. As you'll hear in the episode, Thrive Market is just one way you can save money on healthy groceries. ThriveMarket.com is an online grocery platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive doesn't have any brick-and-mortar locations, you can conveniently order fridge, freezer, and pantry staples in just a few quick clicks on their website or app. Then, Thrive delivers everything from 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers to organic wine right to your door. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash thrivemarket, or just click through the link in the show notes. One more thing, if you've been enjoying what you hear on the Health Investment Podcast, please tell a friend or family member about it. My goal is to empower as many people as possible to invest in their health so that they can look and feel their best, which is why I'd love to have your friends, parents, cousins, and coworkers along for the ride. I can't thank you enough for your support and help in spreading the word. Truly, it means so, so much to me. All right, it's time to hear from Megan. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, Certified Nutrition Coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. You had discovered me through this common Facebook group we're in and reached out, and I'm so happy you did because the listeners are in for a real treat today because you have a background in recipe creation and meal planning and budgeting. And I think a lot of my listeners have questions and kind of challenges related to all of those areas. So I just can't wait to pick your brain today. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. 
specifically what led you to first, I guess, start into the whole recipe creation and meal planning sphere? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I was like the pickiest eater ever. (laughs) I don't think I, you know, sometimes they say like eat the rainbow. I'm pretty sure I ate like tan foods. Like (laughs) I didn't have any color variety. Like I was just so picky, my poor mom. Um, (laughs) But then like as I got older and um, after I got married, my husband and I started cooking together and I found that I actually really enjoyed cooking. Um, And it was fun to kind of make recipes and make them my own and just kind of um, tweak them to make it so that I really liked how they tasted. Um, So I started a food blog because I talked to so many people who didn't really feel the the fun in the cooking and they Mm. thought it was kind of a chore and stressful and they just felt this big weight over it. So I was like, well, I I feel like it's easy for me. Like I'll start a blog and um, just find ways to like make really simple things that taste like that have really good flavor. Um, so that's kind of how I started just with um, my food blog and um, in the recipe world. I feel like I've always, for the last few years at least, I've been um, just kind of tweaking recipes. Like if I find a recipe online and I make it, um, I find myself always tweaking it a little bit because it's like, oh, it just like, I feel like it needs to be a little spicier or a little bit saltier. So I feel like I've been kind of on that trajectory for a while. That's cool. You're like the recipe scientist or kind of getting yeah. in there, making the tweaks. Uh, I like to do that as well, but I feel like I'm not very good at it, <laughs> <laughs> especially with baking. I like to look at a recipe and just kind of ad lib based on ingredients we have. And it usually doesn't turn out very well, but I think it's better to do with things that you are cooking. Baking is kind of a whole different realm. Yeah. Baking's like its own beast. It's pretty hard to tweak um, baked good recipes. Um, So definitely like cooking like sauces or just like dinners and stuff. I feel like it's easier to, to tweak based on taste. Um, when you get into baking recipes, it, there's a lot of like texture. Like if you substitute something, it's like, oh dear, what what happened yeah. to the texture? That happens yeah. to me all the time, but I it, I never learn. I just continue to do it. And the other <laughs> night, I had the realization, I think the aha moment, that people literally buy scales for baking and they measure the weight of things. So it yes. doesn't really work if a recipe calls for regular flour and I'm throwing in chickpea flour and cosmo flour. I mean, I yeah. just, I cannot do what I like to do with baking. But yeah, I think, you know, great idea with cooking because it's important to also, as I'm always telling my clients, eat things that you enjoy and that taste great. So if you don't like the way something tastes, it's important to kind of tweak it here and there so that you're more likely to continue cooking for yourself. Right. And I think that's especially true for like vegetables. I think Mm. there's ways to cook vegetables that make them taste a lot better than other ways of cooking vegetables. So I think that's where like my pickiness from when I was a kid comes in is like, well, I want to cook it in a way that actually maybe brings out some sweetness in it or um, yeah, that just has good flavor because I I think I I probably am still picky. I just have learned how to adapt. (laughs) But that's cool because I think then a lot of people can relate to you because I have people tell me that they don't like vegetables at all. So I'm curious, what are your, what is your tip or do you have a couple for making any vegetable taste better or is it vegetable dependent? Um, I think it's kind of dependent. I mean, we love roasting vegetables in the oven. Um, I feel like 
when I talk to some family, like my mom and my grandma, they it's something they've like never done before because I think mm. for so long it was like boiling vegetables was how you cook them. Um, and I think just like sweet potatoes or broccoli or um, even like roasted beets, like you can just like put them on a baking sheet, put them in the oven with some oil and salt and it just brings out a lot of the sweetness, like the natural mm. sweetness in it. So that's kind of my favorite way to cook vegetables, especially if they have like a lot of bitterness in them. Like Brussels sprouts are really good that way. Um, but also just like changing the the way you're eating them. Like with beets, I don't love beets like in big chunks. Mm. I don't love the beet flavor, but if I I can like slice them thinly and make them into beet chips and they're really, really good. And mm. I can just cook them in the oven. And they it takes away some of those strong flavors that I don't always love. And um, yeah, my kids even like those. So, Well, that's a great point, I think, of somebody listening to. Maybe you have a hang up on you've only had something like beets cooked one way or in bigger chunks, like you say. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like you said, switching it up. There could be a whole new world out there for every vegetable, just right. prepping it in a different way or even slicing it in a different way. Yes, definitely. We had some shredded beets one time at an Ethiopian restaurant and they were so good. Oh. And I, the lady who owned the restaurant, she was like, oh, you can just do this at home. You just like shred them and cook them with some like oil and salt and some spices if you want. But it, we did it and it was, it's really good. Like it softens them and it takes away the kind of beatiness that I don't like. Some people love beets, but um, yeah. Yeah. So there's like so many ways. Yeah. I was thinking that the other day, too, about coleslaw. I always Mm -hmm. love coleslaw when I'll find a place that's making it more vinegar-based and less with kind of the mayonnaise creaminess. Uh But then it's just so delicious. I'm always thinking, why don't I make more coleslaw? Because it kind of holds up well, you know, for several days in the fridge if you just make a huge batch and great to just have on the side of stuff. But some of those things, like you're saying, you know, just shredding something and throwing a few basic spices you can make something super tasty in just a little time. and Yes, yeah. definitely. So then what then, what inspired you to get into the whole meal prep sphere after the recipe creation one? Yeah, well, I um, started, I, I created these meal planning templates um, that I was giving, I still give them away on my blog. Um, and just like a lot of different styles for meal planning. I've kind of always been a meal planner, at least like in my adult life. Um, Just because when my husband and I first got married, we were both working full time. And at the end of the day, if we didn't have some sort of plan of what was for dinner, we would just like end up going out to eat. And it was hard on the budget and it was not probably the best kind of food that we were eating. So um, I started kind of just planning out the week of you know, here's, even if it's like, it was like a loose guide of like, we're going to have this and this and this, and then just making sure I had those ingredients. Um, so I kind of got started meal planning early on in my marriage. And then, um, when I started the food blog, it was like, Oh, maybe other people want some help meal planning. So I kind of came up with all these different templates and how you can organize it and think of it. Um, and then I like to think of meal planning is like the way you kind of take it's like how you be prepared for the week. So you don't have those like last minute, well, let's just, let's just order takeout or something. Um, and then meal prep is kind of like bonus on top of that. Like Mm. it's like the way you really can take the stress and save time or take the stress out of it and save time. Um, 
in the whole process. So I kind of like to separate them (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I think they're different, um, but they both definitely have their place. I like the way you brought up there's different ways to meal plan and kind of different styles because I think with everything in nutrition and health, it's just so important to figure out what works for you. And if you're trying to do the thing your friend or sister does, it might not work for you. And then you're less likely to stick with it long term. Right. What are kind of some of the different styles you would offer up for meal planning? Yeah. So meal planning, I would say you have to kind of think about why you want a meal plan. Um, if it's just like to not eat out as much, then kind of that would lean itself to a certain, just maybe like having a loose guide. You also have to think about, do you really like trying new recipes or do you just want like the same? I mean, some people meal plan and they make like one meal for dinner for the whole week. Um, and they're fine with that. But if you like more variety, then that's going to kind of influence the meals that you choose. Um, so the way that I like to meal plan is kind of just like a, a step-by-step system of like, <laughs> I like to just brainstorm first, like think about what do I want to eat this week? What sounds good? What ingredients do I have that maybe need used up? Um, that's kind of the first step because I feel like it gets it all out of my head and just onto some paper. Um, and then I, from there, I can kind of put together some different meals that might go together um, and then assign them to days based on like, I look at the calendar and see, okay, what do I have going on this week? You know, if you have a really, really busy evening, you probably aren't going to have two hours to make some like five course meal. Um, Mm -hmm. But on a day where you don't have much going on, if you enjoy cooking, maybe that's something that you want to do. So um from there, I like to make a grocery list. And then after that, I consider meal prep if I have the time and if that's something I want to do that week. Um, so it's kind of like a, that's kind of my flow when I start mm-hmm. meal planning. So meal planning, it seems for you is kind of non-negotiable that always happens, but then the degree of meal prep would kind of vary based on how much time you have. Yeah. And it's, it seems like there are a few different ways to meal plan. I mean, we, for a long time, we did like weekly meal planning. Um, and we typically only meal plan dinners. I mean, some people want to plan out breakfasts and lunches and snacks and dinners. And if you want that, then that's like, I have one, one of my templates has like all those different boxes. Um, so if you want like really planned out a week, then that's an option. Um, I've also recently been trying more like a monthly, kind of like a monthly snapshot of our meal plan, which is much less involved in terms of like, I don't like go find recipes for every single night. It's more of like, I like it because it's, um, I can use like theme nights. So like Mm. meatless Monday and taco Tuesday, or, you know, we have kids that are somewhat picky. So, Wednesdays, we do like something we know the kids are going to like so that we don't even have to, we don't have to worry about fighting like a battle. So um, you can kind of like pick some different categories and then it actually goes pretty quick to fill out a month of meals and then you can shop for the week still. But um, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a few different ways you can meal plan. And then yeah, meal prep also is kind of a variable there too. If someone kind of gets intimidated by the whole meal prep, or maybe this whole idea is intimidating, but let's say, okay, I'm going to do the meal planning, but then the meal prepping 
could take so much more time. And a lot of people kind of preach you should be doing this batch cooking, or I see people spending their entire Sunday just prepping ingredients or meals for the week. What's your advice to kind of not let meal prep become overwhelming? Yeah, so I definitely don't think you have to meal prep for like an entire day to make it to make it like a noticeable difference in your week. Um, So I feel like there's a few different levels of meal prep. Um, The lowest level I think would be like kind of do a little bit every day. So this is like kind of the beginner level meal prep where you just kind of think about what you're cooking throughout the week and you try and think of the things that you're doing every single day that you may not have to do every single day. So like if you make your kids a bowl of oatmeal every single morning, maybe it takes, I don't know, 10 minutes to do that every single morning. But if you condense that down and on one day you make like a big batch, like, I mean, that's meal prep, like you're prepping ahead of time Mm -hmm. and it may only take the same amount of time. And then the rest of the week, you just get to kind of reheat things. So kind of taking a look and see like, what are those repetitive tasks that you can kind of shrink into like one, one time, it may not take more time up front, but you will notice it throughout the week. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I always kind of preach that my meal prep is just making purposeful leftovers, I call them. So anytime I'm making something, I just intentionally make double or triple so that I can heat up leftovers for lunch or we can even have leftovers for dinner the next night or even just parts of the meal. If I'm making chicken, maybe I don't make double of the entire meal, but I'll just make extra chicken breasts and then we can throw those on salads or something. Um, But I think, like you said, just the reheating, just basically what can I make? Because I'm already spending this time doing it once. So what can I make more of so that I can reheat in the future and save myself even 10 minutes goes a long way. Right, definitely. And it may not sound like it does, but if you think about, you know, a few different 10 minute tasks, you're going to have like 30 minutes where you're like, what am like, what do I normally do at this time? (laughs) Why do I have this extra time in my day? And I think you will really notice it. And yeah, I do definitely like the making like a double batch or triple batch of like kind of lightly, just like plain seasoned meat, like chicken or um, ground beef or something. And then um, you can use it in different ways throughout the week if you just have like a different sauce or different kind of flavors that you want to pair with it. So yeah, I love that. That's a good point. The lightly seasoned part, because maybe a recipe is calling for it to be seasoned in a very specific way, but you could, like you were talking earlier, tweak the recipe so that you don't put all the seasoning maybe on all of them, just on a couple. So you're not stuck with Korean style meat or something for an entire right. week. And you can kind of, you know, move, move ingredients around and move spices around to make it seem like a different meal, even though it's kind of the same base. Right. And I love, I mean, we love using sauces in our house. So we kind of keep like, you can make like a curry sauce or an enchilada sauce or barbecue sauce, and you can kind of keep a couple sauces in the fridge. And if you have the meat, that's just kind of plainly seasoned, Mm. you can kind of make like a bowl with like, you can decide what sauce do I want tonight or just kind of mix and match some veggies and some protein and, and a different sauce. And it's almost the same ingredients, but just with a different sauce that gives you tons of different flavor. 
what's kind of the next level meal prep then you recommend to people if they're ready to go a step from there? Yeah. So there's a few different directions I think you can go. So yeah, that first level I feel like is just kind of picking a few daily things you can kind of double up on. Um, and then the next step would be um, like picking not necessarily a whole day like out of your week, but a couple hours where you can make um, like a double or triple batch. Like um, sometimes I've heard of people who make like a triple batch of some sort of soup every Sunday afternoon, and then they use that for their lunches throughout the week or um, dinners if you want. Kind of depends on that variety piece I was talking about. Um, A lot of this is like super flexible. Like if you're like, well, I don't want to eat the same thing every single night, then um, there's certainly ways around that. But yeah, just finding like a couple couple hour chunk in your week mm. to either like you can chop ingredients for like meals throughout the week. Um, you could, yeah, like I said, make a double or triple batch of like a soup or something that will keep throughout the week. Um, you could even do like freezer meals mm. um, or batch cooking if you want. Um, there's a whole whole world <laughs> out there of different ways that you can do it. Um, but I, I do think it's important to figure out like what your goal is with the meal prep um, and figuring out is it because you're trying to eat a certain way or not eat a certain way or just for time purposes. Um, and I think that can really help. Yeah, I love that idea of it's almost kind of a backwards design of where do I want to end up? Like you said, is it a goal or am I trying to save money and then work backwards from there, keeping your personal tastes and preferences in mind? Um, like if you want to eat something new every single night, then your prep and planning will look different from somebody who's okay with more habitual eating. But I think it can just really seem overwhelming when you're following all these people and all these different resources. And it almost feels as if they're saying this is the one way to do it. And then if that doesn't really fit with your goal or your preferences, then it's kind of just, okay, well, then I won't do it at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do think that um, you brought up a good point of like, if one way doesn't work, that does not mean that there's not a way out there that won't like that won't work so Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't like I would say definitely don't just like give up on the whole concept of meal prep like if one specific style didn't work because like I said there's just so many different ways you can do it based on your lifestyle your timing like just kind of where you're at and why you're wanting to do it that um I think it's worth finding a way (laughs) that works for you um and not just like writing it off altogether Right. Just hanging in there a little bit longer to try a different way before throwing up your hands. I think that's also probably why some people believe maybe they don't have time for meal planning or meal prep because they've tried a version that takes too much time for their lifestyle or that they just, you know, I personally don't like spending a lot of time in the kitchen Mm -hmm. And I rarely even use a recipe. I just kind of throw together the simplest ingredients into random combinations. And fortunately, my husband is fine with that. (laughs) But so if I were following somebody who was saying you got to do X, Y, and Z, I would feel like I don't have time for that or that doesn't fit my lifestyle. Uh, So I think I learned way too late in life that it can be this unique way that works for you and 
sort of anything can be called meal prep and anything can be called cooking. Like, I think you just have to be comfortable with owning your style and just sticking with it and not being so influenced by somebody telling you to do it differently, I guess. Definitely. I totally agree with that. I guess then there's the person who may say, I don't have time. So we kind of debunked that. But then another person might be thinking, I don't have enough money for healthy eating or healthy food costs too much. And I know that you now kind of specialize in helping people budget specifically for things like healthy meals and healthy ingredients. So how would you debunk that idea if somebody says they don't have enough money to buy healthy things? Yeah. So that's a big one. I feel like um, it's a lot about your priorities. Um, If you, I mean, when you look at your budget, um, assuming you have a budget you're looking at and you see, oh, I like in order to buy this kind of food, I'm going to have to spend more money. I think what you really have to do is look at all the other categories and decide like, is that how you want your priorities lined up? Because if, I mean, it's it's kind of just a choice of where your money's going, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if one if one category is really high, but it's like, yeah, that's not actually doing much for me. <laughs> I'm just spending it there because it's fun or, you know, maybe not even fun, but like, it's just, that's just what we do. We just spend that money. Um, so you kind of have to dig a little bit deep, like, and figure out, you know, what are your priorities? Um, I think health is a great investment, like for food and um, just investing in really great whole foods, um, because that's like a long term thing. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's not like a short term thing where you buy it and you feel way different necessarily. Um, But I do think it's about identifying those priorities. And then maybe, I mean, maybe if you decide, okay, food is going to be a higher priority here. Um, So I'm going to spend a little bit more here and maybe some other category. I can find some really simple ways to reduce it that I wouldn't really notice in my day-to-day. Certainly there's like hundreds of ways you can save money on food. Um, There's like, you know, if you go all the way to like the cheapest, most budget foods, unfortunately, I feel like you lose a lot of nutrients when you do that. Um, so there's also, you know, you can spend top dollar on every, every ingredient. So I feel like you probably will end up finding a place in the middle of figuring out even within food, like which, which foods are the most important, um, to be eating and what's, what kind of, what kind like organic or non-organic or just kind of having those priorities for yourself. Right. I do find it helpful to speak with clients about kind of the time versus money sacrifice. So I feel like it really comes down to you have to give up a little bit of one of those things to make health a priority. So as Mm -hmm. you were just speaking, I was thinking broccoli, let's say. So you could buy a head of broccoli that would probably be cheaper than the bag of pre-chopped broccoli. So that may fit into your budget more, but then you're going to have to kind of sacrifice some time on the back end of chopping that up yourself. Or if somebody's willing to put more money forward and save time, there's kind of the more convenient pre-cut or pre-chopped things that could save you time. Um, But maybe kind of figuring out again what you're comfortable with, how much time you're willing to sacrifice for preparing the whole foods versus getting some that are pre-prepared and could kind of help you out 
where, how do you kind of look at that? Yeah, definitely. So we, like in our house, we definitely make like sauces and salad dressings from scratch. We just do, it's just kind of built into our routine. Um, because, well, first of all, they're really expensive if you buy yeah. salad dressings or like store-bought sauces and stuff. It's, they're really expensive. And then we go through them so fast. So for budgeting purposes, it makes more sense to just make them. Um, but also you can control the ingredients a lot more. So if you're looking at like avoiding certain ingredients, um, like my sister gave up sugar for like a year mm-hmm. and she couldn't buy a salad dressing or a sauce in the store. I mean, it just all has sugar in it. And it's like, well, you know, if you're trying to avoid certain things, you don't have any control over that if you just buy them at the store. So we definitely do that. Um, We don't find that it takes that much more time because honestly, it's easier for me to just have the base ingredients like oils and vinegars and just like mustard and stuff have that here (laughs) make sure I always am stocked up on that it's easier to do that than to make sure I always have like you know all the 10 different sauces bought you know I I just feel like I would (laughs) I would just forget and then be like oh no we're out of that (laughs) sauce and then you have to go to the store and then it just ends up being more more stressful for us personally but um yeah I definitely think there is that time money balance because, um, yeah, you're right. You can, I mean, on one extreme, you could spend your whole day cooking and chopping and prepping, um, or, but like, I do think it comes down to priorities because if that's not something that's like bringing you joy, then I don't think you should be on that extreme. Like if you're just like angry and chopping and stirring and mixing, like I I don't think you have to go to that extreme. Some people do because they love cooking and it's like what they want to be doing with their time. But if that's not what you want to be doing with your time, I think there's definitely ways to, um, you know, find quicker, quicker ways to cook or just kind of throw things together um, where it's still, it still tastes good. It's still healthy, but you're not like just, you know, in the kitchen for 10 hours a day. Yeah. And I think let's say somebody is wanting to put more of their budget towards healthy food or try to start making their own dressings or something so that they're able to have healthier sauces and things. It probably would take you more time initially to kind of get the hang of it and figure out which recipes you like for sauces or which combinations work for you. But now I'm sure you can whip up these sauces you're talking about in no time at all without thinking about it pretty much. So eventually it's kind of, I don't know, it makes me think I don't have a child yet, but like a newborn, like at first it's so hard (laughs) and so time intensive, but it gets easier as you go on. And kind of the same thing for any new habit. It's like, really putting a lot of attention and time towards it at first, but then it gets easier and easier. Yeah. And just because it might feel hard doesn't mean that it's wrong or it's a bad thing to do. It just means it's new and you just haven't done it very much. So yeah, when I was first learning how to cook, when my husband and I were dating, I would like follow those recipes like to a T. It was like so careful. (laughs) He has a different personality. So he just like throws spices in there and he's like, oh, we'll just see what this, you know, what happens here. And um, so kind of just depending on where you're at, like eventually you can start kind of like once you understand basics of like cooking kind of, 
you know, how to cook things and not burn them and, um, you know, get those basics down. I feel like you can have more freedom with like tasting flavors, like, oh, let's add this and see what this does to it. Um, And then, yeah, like with sauces, I mean, we don't even, it's not like we eat like really strange sauces. We just have like a few, like a handful that we love (laughs) that we just kind of can whip up. Um, Sometimes we use the recipe. Sometimes we just kind of do it by taste. But yeah, it's definitely something that the more you do it, the easier it's going to be and it'll just become a habit. That's so funny. My husband and I are the exact same way. And I actually (laughs) felt intimidated to make him things when I first met him because he's pretty good at just sensing different spices to add. And, but then he would tell me, you know, that only grew because of practice. I just did it a lot. So the only way you're ever going to get better at it is just to start doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And his line was always, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I would think, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really good point. I'm only making chicken breast here. It's not like I'm doing surgery <laughs> or something. So yeah, the worst that could happen is the chicken doesn't taste that great. And then yeah. we eat it and move on with life. And I've learned don't do that next time. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, and you usually end up with a funny story out of it, right? Like we have, when we were learning how to cook, we have some really terrible meals, like that were inedible. (laughs) It was like, okay, now it's now something like, remember that awful soup we made that one time? Like just some really bad things. So we, you know, you just go out to eat and you find something else yeah. <laughs> in the back of the cupboard if that happens. There is always takeout as a last resort. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> are there any other things that you've gotten used to making yourself like sauces that are quite expensive at the grocery store, but you find that you're able to afford healthy groceries more because you make these things yourself? Um, That's a good question. We like, I mean, I will make crackers. Mm-hmm. Um, like tortillas, um, those are not necessarily because of price reasons. It's more for the ingredients um, because it's really hard to find <laughs> those kinds of foods without like three inches of ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, I'm on my own like health journey trying to figure out like what foods work best for my body. And in the process, it's sometimes it's just really hard to find the foods that have the ingredients that I'm trying to eat. Mm-hmm. And um, or they're like really expensive. Like once you start getting into kind of less traditional style of foods, um, like if you're going gluten-free or even like grain-free or something, those foods get very expensive very quickly. So I do think it's worth it. Um, not all the time, because I don't think it's that great to just just buy the alternate versions of the processed foods that you um, were eating. Um, but Yeah, I definitely will make, I mean, I think it's really fun to go to the grocery store and find something that looks good. And then I look at the ingredients and then I'm like, ooh, I bet I could make this at home. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's really fun. Mm -hmm. It's like a fun hobby for me. So um, we definitely don't buy store-bought desserts. We always make those. Um, And then like any sort of like crackers or cookies or even like sauces. There's so many sauces and salad dressings that are actually, they're not that, they're not difficult to make, but like, it's fun to get flavor, different flavor combination ideas when you stroll through the aisle of like hundreds of different salad dressings. Are there things that you absolutely buy that you don't make yourself just because you feel like it's worth the splurge? Hmm. I think that one kind of varies based on 
like what season of life we're in. <laughs> mm. I think in like in the busier times, there's definitely, I mean, sometimes I'll make my own mayonnaise because mm. um, I think it tastes better. Um, but sometimes it's like, I just don't have, t- I just don't want to, or I don't have time to, or I choose that I would rather spend my time doing something else. Um, other than that though, I feel like we, we mainly just like kind of avoid the process section of the store mm-hmm. and we just kind of shop, you know, the outside, like with the produce and then the meat and um, all the stuff that's, <laughs> so I don't even like typically go down those aisles um, just because we don't eat them. And I, I actually think it's fun to cook different like random things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but if you don't like cooking, then I think you kind of have to make make those decisions for yourself because I might be, I might be weird that I like, (laughs) I like making those things. (laughs) That might be something strange about me, but. Well, that's okay. I mean, it sounds like a delicious thing for your family. So they're lucky. Yeah. I was thinking, cause I randomly just got very intrigued and obsessed with Amazon prime, how they'll, if you order from whole foods, it's free delivery over $35. Are you aware oh, of that? Oh, yeah. I don't think I am. Do you need to have a Whole Foods in your area? I think you do. I don't know how okay. close. I think their delivery window can be pretty wide because sometimes we'll order and then it will come from San Francisco and I live in Oakland, but I know there's one oh, okay. in Oakland. So I'm sure you have to live somewhat close to a Whole Foods, but it was something that I've mentioned to clients and they didn't know either, but I really enjoy it because... I also belong to Thrive Market, which is great because you can mm-hmm. order stuff direct to be delivered directly to your door. So speaking of that time thing again, it can really save you time to order groceries. But the other thing I really like about that is that once you've kind of gone through and ordered the basics that you always order, and it's kind of like it creates a shopping list for you because when you're going to add things, it'll say, do you need these things this week? And it'll have pictures of all the things you've ordered in the past. So it's just a really simple way. I was doing it last night and I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot to throw in seltzer water and I forgot eggs, but it reminded me. And then I was thinking for somebody who does feel very tempted by those middle aisles of the grocery store, online ordering could be a great alternative because you kind of control the sections you go to on your computer and it's not as maybe in your face and right there physically, those candy and cookie aisles. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, just coming down to what works for you, you know, what's easiest for you. If you really enjoy going to the grocery store, somebody should definitely do that. But if they don't like me, there are these online services as well. Uh, I think I remember seeing something on your website. Maybe do you use butcher box or any type of crowd cow or delivery service? Yeah, we have used a bunch of different ones. Um, we've definitely used ButcherBox and we've used CrowdCow. We we live out in the country, so we actually get our meat from like a local farmer, um, wow. which is pretty fun. I mean, we have to buy it in by the half cow, <laughs> like in yeah. bulk. That's bulk. Um, but yes, but I feel like if you live in a city and you don't have that option, um, I like CrowdCow quite a bit because you just get to see kind of the farmer. You get to kind of read about the farm that the meat's coming from. Butcher, Butcher Box is great too, but they're definitely, um, you don't really get to 
see that information like behind Mm. the scenes of kind of this is the farmer that raised your chickens or you know you don't have that access with butcher box um but yeah those are those are great if you're looking to eat kind of um better meats there's there's so many of them and even like um, produce boxes there's a lot of produce boxes now that will deliver produce to your door um which are really fun. So we've used Imperfect Produce, which is now called Imperfect Foods. Hmm. Um, they're they're spreading kind of throughout the country pretty quickly. I think they yeah they're they're um what's it like not motto but like their their idea is to take the food that doesn't look perfect but is still completely edible um, and sell it at a discount. So you know if you go through a grocery store you'll see that like all the apples are like the same size and there's no blemishes. You know, there's actually quite a few rules of like what food has to look like to make it to a lot of the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of food waste there. So they kind of take the ones that look a little funny, you know, that aren't in nature. They don't all grow perfectly round (laughs) apples. Um, So they take some of those and maybe they're a little too big or a little too small and they sell them. Um, and deliver them to your door. So we definitely like those them for produce. Um, and now they have other foods too. So they're definitely growing. But um, yeah, I've used Thrive Market in the past too. And it's really nice, especially if you're trying to eat a certain way that like you don't have a grocery store nearby that offers the kinds of foods that you are, you know, trying to eat. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that it's it's also still easy to be tempted online. Um, yeah. buy foods nowadays, you know, when you're in the shopping cart, you might see like, Ooh, this one's on sale. You know, here's some snacks that maybe you wouldn't buy. It's, it's not as bad as the grocery store, but I, um, definitely think you, you still kind of need to put your blinders on a little bit and like stick to your list. You know, I, I love that when you can use one of those apps, yeah, it, maybe it reminds you like, Hey, you usually buy this. <laughs> Did you need this? Do you not need this? So I think that's an awesome um, option for convenience. I don't know about where you live because it sounds like you do live kind of in a more remote area, but also if somebody's listening and they're living in a city, I know that we have access to grocery outlet stores around here. It's mm-hmm. actually called Grocery Outlet. Um, yeah, we a- have one of those actually. Oh, you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was only in California. Nope, we have one. We live in a small town outside Vancouver, Washington, and we have one. Oh, great. Okay. So yeah, then grocery outlet, see if there's one near you, but they have really cool stuff. Kind of when you were talking about the imperfect foods, we do mm-hmm. notice that, well, the other day we were there and we saw these avocado, frozen avocado chunks that we had seen at Costco. And my husband said, oh, I bet Costco got too many of these because Costco didn't have them anymore, but they had oh, a yeah soon to be expiring date. So I think they probably sent them over to grocery outlet. So sometimes, I mean, the stuff isn't bad, but it's maybe just something you'd have to eat a little sooner. Or we got a guacamole, I think one time and the lid was a little weird. So they probably sent it to grocery outlet because again, it didn't look perfect for a conventional store, but they have some really cool stuff there too. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. there's just so many ways. There's so, so, so many ways to make healthy food fit into your budget. And again, if that's something like you said that you deem very important, you will make it work. <laughs> right, right. 
you'll cut corners here and there or, you know, do what you've got to do. Yeah. Just adjust your budget and make it line up with your priorities. And I think also just, um, like not giving into the convenience culture that we have of um, like, Oh, I could, I could, you know, make food at home or I could stop for fast food on the way home. Um, you know, our culture is certainly set up to make, have a lot of convenient options, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the best long-term solution for you. Mm-hmm. I know you have a training called, correct me if I get this wrong. I think it's how to stick to a budget so you can consistently build your savings. And then you add on without feeling like you can't spend money on the things you want. So I yes. would love if you could tell us more about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I put together this training. Um, it kind of walks you through everything you need to know how to budget, like in a way that actually you can stick with your budget. Because I think a lot of times when we budget, we try to just skimp like on every category across the board, right? Like the goal of budgeting, we think is to spend as little as possible. <laughs> and then, you know, then we'll have money to save. But I think there's another way to do it that's better. And that would be making a budget based on your priorities. And then, um, you know, maybe you increase some areas that are really like bringing you joy and you're loving. um, And maybe you find other areas to decrease that really you didn't know why you were spending that money in the first place. Um, So yeah, the training just kind of walks you through um, this, like just some different mistakes that I see people making. And then also at the end, you have an opportunity to join a membership community that I have um, just helping women save more money and create a budget that actually works for them and then have like a community piece of that at the same time. Awesome. And so then is that training on your site? If I sent people to your website? Yeah. So it's, you can get to it. Um, if you go to breakfreefinances.com slash watch, or there's mm-hmm. also a link on the homepage, break free finances. Um, yeah, you should be able to get that. Yeah. You could put a link there. Um, but yeah, and you can sign up if there's not a time that like you see that works for you, um, still sign up and you'll get a replay link. So awesome. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. And then the last question I ask each of my guests, and I kind of have a feeling I sense what your answer may be, but <laughs> in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Yes. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it just means you you view your health as an investment. I mean, it's a long-term thing. When I think of investments, it's like a long-term um, commitment that you're making. And I think when you make a health investment, you view you know, all the different pieces of your health as like a long-term thing that you're working towards, you're building, it's growing, and it'll, it'll keep serving you for the long-term. I love that. Yeah. And you can definitely figure out ways to afford it, especially if you kind of work through your training on budgeting and, you know, make your habits and your meal planning and your meal prep work for you, not the other way around. Like it really is possible. I think we're both trying to get that message across that Mm -hmm. everything you're doing, budget, whatever, it can work for you, not against you. Life is so much better when that starts to happen. Yes, definitely. If you can view everything from that lens, I think you'll feel like life is just easier. <laughs> like, For sure. Oh, not this isn't going to work, but I think there's a way this can work and I'm mm. going to I'm going to find the way that's going to work for me. Yeah, I love that. 
Aside from sending everyone to your training, where else is the best place to find you? Are you on active on social media? I am. Yeah. Um, at Break Free Finances, I kind of talk about the budgeting side of things. At Scratch to Basics, I talk about recipes more. Um, so also I have that food blog at scratchtobasics.com with lots of meal planning and meal prep strategies. Um, yeah. Well, I'll link all those things. I love that name, by the way. I like both of your names a lot. Oh, Break thank free you. Finance, scratch to Basics. That's a really cool play on words. I like that a lot. Oh, yes. Thanks. That one was fun to come up with. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure when you know you've nailed it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. And when it's free, right? When it's yeah. not yeah. taken already on <laughs> GoDaddy right. or whatever for websites. Yes. Well, awesome. I just so appreciate you being here today, Megan, and sharing so many of your expertises with us. And I look forward to staying connected. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brooke. This was great. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.